You are now listening to the mind of John. My thoughts invade your thoughts don't necessarily reflect the views of Spotify. Your discretion to the boundaries of the imagination are advised. Care to share which we dare? Just click the link in the description and hit reply or voice your thoughts in now, John. We are diving into episode number 15. We're going to call this Bring It Back. Now, bring it back really clear and simple. It refers to any food item, dessert, or drink that they've taken away from us that you are craving so badly that you do just about anything to get it back. It's been over a year since Taco Bell had taken away the Mexican pizza. And there was an absolute uproar online with people pleading and begging Taco Bell to bring it back. Our family included. It's a really good, yummy thing. And whatever the reason, they thought it was a good idea. Take it away. That didn't go over well. It's nothing they, they could do would succumb and make people happy. They just wanted their favorites back. Doja Cat got into the mix by throwing her tweet out there, indicating part of the family. And I'd like to see my Mexican pizza back. Something of that nature. And it worked. Because her tweet, really I wrote it, but <laughs> And she put it out there, and all the people that responded, including Taco Bell, eventually pulled it together. And today is the launch day nationwide for the return of the Mexican pizza. So that was an absolute success. Now, there's been other times where cartoons have intervened to get back a favorite through a little witchery (laughs) and I'm I'm speaking Rick and Morty Rick and Morty managed to get the Szechuan sauce back in the hands of everyone even if it was for a very brief period McDonald's did bring the sauce back and people went ballistic begging for the sauce. Now, it actually worked really well because people were flinging it in groups requesting that sauce. So it drove business. But it also drew negativity because when they didn't have it, same people that were all completely up in joy over McDonald's were the same people that were outcriers screaming, how could you let this go? They literally lost their mind. So then you started seeing the sauce being sold after markets like eBay and things of that nature. So it got a little bit, you know, insane. Now there's been other products that did not get the welcome back opportunity to be reborn. There was two sandwiches that were created by Hardy's Burger or Carl Jr., however way you want to call it, in the early 90s. 
uh, sandwich in question was called the Craven Bacon and the Boss Burger. Now, the Boss Burger, in a sense, was very much like the McDonald's Big Mac, except in my opinion, I thought it was tastier. Yeah, I'm going to hell for that one. Um, the Craven Bacon had a very unique flavor to it. It had like a white, tangy, I want to say probably horseradish sauce. I'm not entirely sure what the ingredient was because it's so long ago. But it had definitely bacon and its burger and its was it Munster cheese or Swiss cheese. It was some kind of white cheese. I'm not really good at this. But regardless, these two sandwiches were pushed during the time of Coach, which was an ABC sitcom long ago. For my millennials, you have no clue what I'm talking about. My Gen X, Gen Z, you know what Coach was. It was... Hayden Fox, the Minnesota Vikings, and of course, Christine. Okay, so that's, that's where that was. Now, the point I'm trying to make is there is a wide variety of restaurants that have come and go. Do you know there was actually a buffet that was stronger than, than Golden Corral? I'm going to say the word, and you tell me if you remember these memories. Western Sizzler. I, one of you just leaped out of your seat when I said that name. Probably haven't heard that name in a very long time. This was the mecca of food for buffet people. I think if I recall right, it had over 120 options, if not more of foods you can't even find anymore on the buffet table. It literally had everything you've ever you ever wanted. And it was huge. This was something that you just wanted. And over the course of time, vanished. Well, there was another restaurant that was also huge and that was spelled L-U-M-S, Lumps. This one was like seafood buffet based out of Miami. They also went bottoms up. And then, of course, the beloved Hops restaurants. Their story is even more confusing. They had malt drinks that were made out of Hops malt liquor. They had unique salads and foods that were craved by one and all. And then they went belly up, leaving a hole in our memories and taste. And then, of course, she had Mimi's, which was uh, a bistro that was well known for their delicacies, their desserts, and their dippable sandwiches. 
And it's things like that. Those memories stick with you for a long time. So when you go to places that resemble that food, you have that deja vu moment in your life where you kind of remember, you know, it's kind of taste something similar that had such and such time long ago. And then you, you rekindle that memory. That's, that's kind of what we're re-experiencing. So there are several restaurants that mimic each other. There's several items of food that you will remember from your childhood to now. And you will compare them never-endingly without realizing it because it's just something that comes naturally to you. Now, there's another restaurant that comes to mind that's actually still very much in existence, and that's Beef's. Beef's is an Irish pub that actually has a wide variety of subs, chicken, salads, and nachos. Oh my goodness, they have the most chummy nachos that you get with your grilled chicken. And they top that sucker good with their special flavors and cheeses and of course the nacho cheese which gives it its very uniqueness. I'm definitely going to throw it out there. If you eat for beefs and you're definitely going to nachos you want more of that nacho sauce. Because if you don't, you have nothing to dip it in. Which is going to make you a very cranky person. But they also have that powdery sandwich. The one that resembles very much from Bennington's. Which I recall served with raspberry jelly with its aroma and smells from the taste from the the turkey and the cheese that draws you back and of course the ribbon sandwiches are really good too so you have your favorites And I guess the question I'm looking for, when you go to a restaurant that you commonly go to frequently, do you always go with the same thing that you order every time? Because it's comforting to you? Or are you daring time to time and try something anew? It's a hard one, isn't it? It can be. Because if you're a food connoisseur that's seeking out the best and you're comparing it to everything you've ever had, that can lead you to a passive confusion and, and sadness if it doesn't meet your liking. Because then you're comparing it to something that's not them, which is making it unfair as an advantage that you have over their creation. I don't know how in the world a food 
critic does their job. They're having to taste the food, provide you a presentation what they ate, make it appealing or less appealing, and grade it. I would not be good at such things, mainly because it's hard for me to provide the details of what it was that I had. Because somewhere along the line, if you were describing, say, a Reuben sandwich, if you don't know what's on that sandwich, and then you're going from a memory from a different restaurant that you ate it from, and you're presenting that to the world, there's a good chance you're going to mislabel it. And then based on those expectations that you provided your readers, listeners, whatever, based on those experiences, now they're confused because they couldn't find what you found. So it becomes mission critical to make sure you have all the right information in place. But you have to be open to try new things. That's what they always told you growing up, right? Taste it before you judge it. Easier said than done. So I know for a fact, all of you, there is a secret vegetable that is absolutely off the limits for you. You just won't touch it. You don't care how it's dressed. You don't care how it's cooked. You don't care what you dip it in. It is just absolutely not going in your mouth. Do you know there's two things that I did not like growing up? I did not like asparagus, and I did not like Brussels sprouts. My mom made it. Blech. Disgusting. Couldn't stand the smell of it, the taste of it. Here we are. Current time wife makes it. She adds I don't know, magic butter, <laughs> garlic and then a couple other things. There was my stuff. And everything else in between. And lo and behold that does the trick. Because it's not only delicious but you crave more of it. Which makes you wonder. It's all about the presentation, right? Yeah. I'm starting to think that's the case. It's all about the presentation. We're going to take a pause. Be right back. Thank you so much for continuing listening. And what we are really going over at this point is what methods we can peacefully gather 
more attention to bring back a fan favorite. As those that use social media for their personal gain, I will, you know, caution and remind you that you have to do it in a subtle, kind manner. You can't force with aggression to make anybody do anything. If you do it out of a parody in a playful manner, they're going to play along with you. Hell, they might even work with you and create something together. That's great. But when we force someone's hand to do our bidding, and they're not willing to play along, it can get outright ugly. You can lose interest. And you might get a name or two thrown in your direction as a bully. So, if your goal in mind is to bring back something, try to do it in a simple manner. Playful, energetic, awesome. Aggressive, mean, and frustrated? Nope. Karen and Kyle, you will fail in your succession. Say it that way. Because there's been other attempts people have aggressively gone into restaurants demanding something be made for them that's no longer on the menu or on the table. Maybe if you had approached the situation a little bit more kinder, they could have explained the reason why the item was gone or what you could do to show interest in having the item returned back to the menu. See, there's a different manner in which that can be done. You can show your support and get people to back you. But definitely use the right approach. Or it's never going to happen. Because you'll leave a negative feeling. And for whatever the reason. That's what we are all about this turnaround. Everyone has emotions. And everyone has their limit to how far those emotions will go. You push, you're going to get back negative emotions. You play along, you're going to stir emotions. So use that to your advantage. Be creative. But, you know, be mindful of people's feelings towards what you're doing. And, you know, you can generally create something and test the theory by throwing it on social media and see what kind of reaction you get from it. Did it go over well? Or did you get a lot of weird comments indicating that's not going to work? or something of that nature. Use your followers as a sounding board. If you've learned anything from listening to the cast, you have picked up on some cues. And the cues are your followers is your audience. And if you use the audience correctly, they will give you great feedback. And that can really help you towards your goals together, commonly. 
Because if one more than one person likes what you're doing, and then you round up other people in the same sense, you have a higher chance of success. And that pretty much goes with more than just trying to rekindle uh, an old memory of food. It pretty much falls in place of how we do things in life altogether. It's some things can be brought back. Some things are going to take more than a miracle to be brought back. You know, and I know it. Some restaurants are long gone because of bankruptcy issues, funding, bad press, bad PR, any number of possibilities. And there's only so far we can go because as individuals like ourselves, we don't have that unlimited income that allows us to wave a magic wand and make it a reality. I mean, think about it for a brief moment. As amazing as Mr. Beast is, he's able to use his resources to create content out of nothing and make you crave it because he keeps pushing his brand in every direction he touches. He went so far as to make food with his name, with burgers, with his team, and put it out there in not just one kitchen, but in virtual kitchens across America. Now, I don't know what your experience has been in a virtual kitchen, but each time it's a little bit different. Out of the blue, not one, but two to three virtual kitchens popped up for Mr. Beast here in Lakeland. There's no physical kitchen you can drive up to to go get it because the restaurant does not exist, per se, in your grasp. However, many restaurants act as ghost kitchens to prepare the foods at which they're licensed to do so. That's it. They're supposed to follow the instructions of what the brand tells them to do. And based on your expectations of what the brand is, you're expecting that taste to be flawless because of the name that's associated with it. And this causes a confrontation between the viewer, the taster, and the virtual kitchen. Because based on your experiences, based on your demands and your knowledge, you see this visual presentation. And then when you get this item, the only thing that's visual about it is the boxes in which that it came in. The food may not be exactly as the way that it shows on the pictures because based on expectations, something is going to go squirrely. 
the Chandler burger is supposed to be a, bland, a plain cheeseburger with just cheese based on what the picture shows. Based on that expectation, that's what you're expecting to get. And then the item comes from your order. You open the little magical box. That's weird. For being plain, I see lettuce, pickle, tomato, mustard, mayonnaise. Hmm. Doesn't seem the word plain to be in the same vocabulary that plain shows on the picture. Picture shows just a cheeseburger with nothing on it. Those are two different meanings compared to the word plain. Why is that important? Because if you have a picky child like my own, Joey does not like anything on his cheeseburger. He likes it plain. So therefore he orders the Chandler every now and then with the expectation it's going to be a plain cheeseburger. And each time, three times from two different virtual kitchens that was not the experience that we ran into the very first time we ordered from this we were I think in Orlando so we had it brought to us from the virtual kitchen near iDrive and it was absolutely delicious and absolutely right everything about the order was perfect that set the stage so then when we come back to Lakeland, where we live, off vacation, and we see that there's now a virtual kitchen serving the same thing, based on our prior experiences, we thought, you know, let's try it again. Bit pricey, but you're paying for the experience. Did it again. That's where things took a twist. The virtual kitchen did it wrong. And at the time... We didn't know the trick on how to reach the virtual kitchen. So we put in our instructions on what we wanted on it and what we didn't want on it. And you know what? When they remade it, it was wrong again. What in the world is going on? Something is not making sense. Then it dawned on us. It claimed that in the picture, the virtual kitchen was an address to the city. But when it showed the picture, it was aimed at an empty parking lot in the opposite direction of another restaurant. So this caused a little confusion. How is a kitchen in the middle of other nearby restaurants but showing nothing in its past? And then it dawned on us. You're showing the back end of a restaurant, trying to avoid its original location. So then that caused you to do a little bit of research and development. R&D. The research indicated, if this item is close by, based on what the map shows, let's do a little experiment. Start firing that map Google Maps and type in various restaurants that are in the nearby area and try to match this as close as possible. Lo and behold, we found the match. 
So based on that possible match, called the restaurant that it was tied to and told them, hey, I placed a virtual order for Mr. Beast. And this is the second remake that you guys have issued to us. And it continues to not be playing. Which their response was, oops, we'll get that to the kitchen right away. Very sorry about that. Didn't deny the fact they were the virtual kitchen. But quickly understood what was at play. So, in this little bit, understand that if you place an order for virtual kitchen, try as quickly as possible to find its location. Call the site that it's assigned to to remind them, I just placed an order for this item. Can you please make sure it has this or minus this? Because you're giving them an opportunity to fix it on site before it leaves the doors to get to your home. Inside track. Because the third time that remake was actually made, that we paid the first time, it was filed and corrected. Not sure what was happening in the virtual system. But somewhere along the lines, it wasn't allowing you to modify ingredients on the sandwiches. But you would think the staff would understand that if a sandwich is not meant to have anything on it except for cheese and the meat, why would you add the extra ingredients if it says not to? Makes sense, right? Common thing. Now, as a driver for Uber Eats, I can also vouch for the fact that your food is in a sealed bag stapled or stickerified, and it's locked away. We can't peek to see what's in there unless we tell the restaurant, hey, I need a quick favor. Before you seal that bag, please double check the order to make sure such and such is in there. Because this customer has had multiple errors in the past, so they've asked me to have you do a double check before you seal it. See, that little moment, that's a rare thing that drivers do if they catch the note quick enough. If they're paying attention and they've read the experiences because they're trying to improve your experience, this will work more in their favor and your own. Because it's going to give you... A different perspective. For one, it's going to show the driver went out of their way, which is going to make a memory for you. On, you know, all this other time, this has always been wrong, 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 wrong. But so and so went above, and it's for that I gave him a tip. I'm not going to say what it was because I, well, I don't remember what it was, but it was, you know, it's decent. They thanked me for double-checking the order. 
I even got him some extra dressing because it was something I could access. But little things like that. It's the experiences that we remember. And it's those moments that draw us together. And it, it pretty much goes with the, the, the food that you crave, the items that you want. Do you remember the salad shakers? It was a silly nostalgia. You have the salad in a little clear cup. You put the dressing in and you ship the damn thing to death. Even though it was a little bit of dressing, because of the way it was being shaken and shooken, it made the salad completely moist. It drenched in your favorite dressing. And therefore, every bite was perfect. The only reason salad shakers were taken off the menu, this sad part, was somebody completely effed up. They were not checking the dates. And I'm guessing, more than once, they sold bad salad to the customer. And it probably continued a trend until McDonald's realized they had a problem on their hands. That multiple expired salads that had turned brown probably walked out the drive-thru or out the restaurant and probably continued to get multiple complaints Or if it wasn't that, could have been Listeria. There might have been a glitch in the order that included dangerous add-ons that left with the plant that it originated from. See any number of possibilities. But you see, it's things like that that completely ruined the experience because of the restaurant realizes Although this was a great seller, this memory of beer nearly poisoned scared the hell out of them. It can't come back. It's gone forever. What if, it, what if other restaurants did the same thing with cookies? If somebody bit into an overcooked cookie and it hurt their mouth or it was made with the wrong ingredients not sugar and therefore was bitter are they going to quit selling that product altogether based on that one experience? No but people will talk about it for a while remembering what happened until that moment wears off the point here Yes, anything that you want to see return to you takes a little bit of effort. It can be done. It's going to take time. But your little skits, people you interact with, the hashtags, all of those things can help to our advantage if we do it right. Current attempt we're trying to do right now trying to bring back the volcano nachos and burritos. I wouldn't mind if Doja Cat got back involved in this little campaign. But I don't know if she ever had it. So I guess we'll have to, you know, slowly ask the question. Don't plague her with it. 
just commonly, calmly ask her if she's had it, if she misses it. And then calmly, you know, drop in her lap. Maybe, just maybe, she could pull another magic rabbit. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the experience. Once again, my name is John. All rejoice. The Mexican pizza is back and returning nationwide on May 19, 2022 at Taco Bell thanks to Doja Cat and the many fans across the globe. Which leads into more questions. What other food do we want to return? I want to hear from you, so hit reply or voice your thoughts.